Um, thank you all for tuning in. This is my Father and Me podcast, and I am Sarah Grace. I'm here with my sister, Tamitra, always. Hello. Um, we are in the book of Hebrews still. Um, I believe we left off at chapter 10, yes. if I'm not mistaken. So we'll continue on in the uh, chapter 10 of, of the book of Hebrews tonight. Um, moving forward, let us begin with a prayer like we always do. Praise God. Father God, um, you are so good and your mercies endure forever. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to just be here in this moment to experience your glory and your presence, Father. Thank you for um, just allowing us to to feel you in this moment. Being able to seek after your word is a privilege to us. Thank you for allowing us to know you in such a deep way. Father, we ask that you be a part, be a part of this conversation. Allow the ears that are um, tuning in right now that are engaged to take part in the presence of you, Father. Fill their households right now, fill their circumstances with the presence of you, cause them to have peace where they are, to have joy where they are and everlasting, Father. Give them the understanding of you and what it means to be a part of your kingdom, Lord. And as we move forward in the conversation, just allow um, us to, to grab hold of it, run with it, and continue to have faith as we are in the book of faith. Hebrews, Father, thank you for this. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Uh, Hebrews. Um, let's do a quick recap for those who are just tuning in. Um, it's not going to be long. I promise. I know I did it last, last week. Um, but <clears throat> the book of Hebrews is, um, like I said in my prayer book of faith, um, it is really directed towards a people of God, um, a people who were experiencing stagnation in their faith, uh, discouraged about being a Christian because these particular people um, just came from Judaism. Um, as Demetra was explaining before, it was kind of a, the Jews versus this new way of believing. And this was now after Christ and what that means to be a Christian now. And so the author of this book, um, which is unknown, uh, we can assume that it's Paul because of the, of the stance that it is written in it sounds like either you know Paul or someone who who followed under Paul, um, and uh, just just directing it towards them and and asking them to not lose faith in Christ, in um, what this new experience is, this new covenant, and to continue to do that. Um, I wanted to at least like go over certain principles or concepts that this book is doing as well. It's quoting a lot of the Old Testament. It is taking us back into the story of uh, Genesis, which is the creation story. It's taking us back into um, salvation story, the story of Christ and um, him being born, the purpose of it all. And we explained last week the whole purpose in all of this is to give us a foundation in which our faith is on, what it stands on and what that means. And we're really just having faith in God's plan. So when we're going through this, this journey called life, that is what we're believing in. That's what we hope for. 
Amen. Hey, Cassandra. How you doing? <laughs> Praise God. Um, I also feel like whenever I see, you know, the scripture being quoted um, and being repeated as such, we are in a stance of what should we be doing? Like, what is it that God is saying? Because you know how like a teacher repeats themselves when it's pertinent information that's going to be on a final exam. So <clears throat> as I'm looking at that, that's also what I'm hearing. Like we should be in a posture of listening to what God is saying, being in a state of humility, not acting like we know. Because the people who he's speaking to, they knew. They knew God. But this new covenant, this new covenant is a new experience for them. And just like all things, when we're transitioning into something new, we don't have the knowledge of, we just have faith exactly. that it is for our good, you know? Right. And so that's, that is where we are in um, making sure that we're listening to the voice of God in every decision that we make in every move. And um, yeah, praise God. I am reading from Hebrews chapter 10 in the NIV version, New International Version. Um, that's something else that I want to go over to, though, before we start reading. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, in the first few chapters, we're talking about Christ specifically, like I was sharing before. Hebrews is going back over this story and, and describing exactly who Christ is right, right. Um, as far as being superior to um, the law, first off, the laws that were set. Um, but Moses being superior to even the sacrifices, which I think that's what we're about to get into for real, for real. Um, right, being right, right. superior to Moses, which was another prophet of God who was set out to, to lead the people of God. And being even superior to the priest, the Arianic priests that were set before us so, because he is, he will, in the story, he in the is. line of Aaron. <laughs> He is the high. You said Arianic, so we just have to. Oh, sorry. In the yes, in the, in the Aaron. line of Aaron, Moses's brother. Right, right. Um, and even Mekizodek, we went into that. How uh, he is different he from the priest of Aaron. Yes, yes. Yeah. he was. Yeah, he's in the order of Mekizodek, which just means he had no genealogy and no trace, and he's eternal. He was the first. Um, and he's the first. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. Um, if you definitely want to go back to the uh, previous episodes, then you are welcome to. But let's move forward because I want to try to get through the rest of Hebrews. Hebrews. I don't know if it's gonna do it. I don't know if we're gonna do it. But we'll try. Um, the law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the reality themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. Otherwise, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have felt guilt for their sins. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sin. It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. 
with burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. First, he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, here I am. I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. And by that will, <clears throat> we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Christ, of Jesus Christ once for all. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when his priest, when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, he had made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, this is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see in the day approaching. If we deliberately keep on sinning after, um, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifices for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire, and that will consume the enemies of God. Any, anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified them, and who has insulted the spirit of grace? For we know him who said, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, and again the Lord will judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you endured in great conflict, full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along um, along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the of your property. 
because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised for. In just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And, but my righteous one will live by faith and take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. So here we're addressing the law, what the purpose of the law uh, was. Um, just keep in mind, our salvation was not just for us to, you know, go to heaven, but to also take part, you know, in the experience of God's kingdom being done here on earth. So that is our promise to to share, you know, what God is doing as far as the kingdom here. But going back to the law, um, I believe he's just addressing this because we want to still solidify what the purpose of it was um not to throw it away as we said before but christ came to actually reveal the law to us so it's, i mean it says it straight the law is a shadow of of the things to come with the law um we could never redeem ourselves from sin the law was a reminder for us because we were in a state of what fallen <laughs> from uh, our inheritance, fallen from our awareness, really, of us being the very image of God, the image of Christ, because he said, let us make man in our image. He was talking to Christ then. That's how we know Christ is from the beginning. But we had fallen from our awareness and in that knowledge of. So the acts of it weren't ever going to be something that we could redeem ourselves out of sin for we always were going to need christ to die for our sins but the act itself allowed us to recall and just be a reminder that we are living in sin yeah um in the in the beginning of that chapter it was talking about um exactly what you're saying but it was referring to the sacrifices being made because it was needed for the worshipers to be cleansed. Now, God desires our worship. Like, our part of our purpose is to give him worship. So not only are, are we predestined and called with purpose, part of that purpose of our existence is to worship um, our, our Father. And, and worship, going into a place of worship, into holies of holies, in that, you know, the level, because we talked about the different levels of the tabernacle, and how, why, and how those sacrifices are made and where you have to confess and repent and sacrifice the blood that covers the sin that you have just confessed. 
because you have to be reminded of those sins, cleansed of those sins. The blood washes it in the midst of the moment in which you began to worship. And um, I was having this conversation with someone and about worship and they were saying that um, their their ex didn't like to go in to church service at the beginning because of the worship that they wanted to go <laughs> at the at the sermon. <laughs> And the thing that worship does, right, the thing that worship does is remind you that you are a wretch undone, remind you that you are unclean before God, and you you recognize the power that he has in your life. You recognize the power he has to forgive you. You recognize the things that <laughs> the things that the Lord has done for you and you you surrender. You surrender those things. You yeah. surrender those cares. You let go of that sin. You confess it. You bring it into the open for the Lord to cleanse. And we can't we can't effectively worship the lord without this this is really the purpose of christ dying as well is because we also can't take part in we can't take part in his kingdom but we can't worship we can't go into the holies of all we can't commune our relationship is stunted our relationship with God has been halted because we still trying to hold on to some stuff, you know, and, and in order for us to move to that next level, we do, we do have to worship in sincerity. We do have to um, confess those things and bring them out into the open and allow the sacrifice Christ made to be effective for us. And not just continue to sin like he's going to continue to sacrifice that same sacrifice over and over for the same things when you already know. that you can't just hold on to it and still have a relationship that you need to have with your father. So, I mean, the acts in and of itself, we were accomplishing them. And like you said, it was for us and to to get ourselves familiar with what life would be in their circumstance. Cause it is now for us. It is now right. for us. I'm mm-hmm. talking about back then y'all. <laughs> um, so it was actually to familiarize them with the process of what it would be like in their new covenant relationship. Yes. Because I mean, Christ said it's uh, him himself when he was, when he did come and he was amongst uh, the people, and he was amongst everyone uh, walking here on earth. He said, um, you will recall all the things that I have said. That was the process of everything that he was establishing and solidifying what the law had really meant, because before then, we were just walking in the acts of the law, but not according to God's will. So Jesus came to complete it out by doing his will. 
And so now we get to partake in his will being done now that Christ has died for our sins. And then it also mentions that um, because of his death, because of the one true sacrifice, our consciences are cleared now. So mm -hmm. we no longer need a reminder of our sins. We're clear from the shame and the guilt that was that held us back from doing his will and the law, you know, because we were only doing the law and familiarizing ourselves with the worship that we would be experiencing, like you said before. And did they say they was doing that just annually? It wasn't even it, like it, was, it, was, it wasn't even it was annual. it wasn't even every day. Like you can't you couldn't no. enter into this worship. Because like you Every said last day. week, it was yeah. dangerous. <laughs> yeah, it was dangerous. It'll take you out. Right. Yeah. Um, I like what it says here. And really, this was and this is actually something that was quoted from the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms is all up all up and through this book of Hebrews, by the way. Right. Um, and I was we're I'm actually doing a study, a one-on-one study with a friend. Um, in the book of Psalms. And I was just telling her this Wednesday, I was like, man, David had like true divine insight. He was already walking in a stance of understanding like the law and what it meant. And so in these, in these verses six through seven, he actually opens up with, this is, this is actually David's, the Psalm of David. Um, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. He was already uh, foreseeing Christ. He understood that whatever he was doing, the offerings and everything else, wasn't the what God truly wanted. <laughs> he wanted us, just us, in a, rela a real relationship. And he was already in this mode. So, and he knew that our flesh literally had to die, but you can't <laughs> die one, more than once. <laughs> and so, right, we, yeah. we die. We that's <laughs> it. So yeah, so he knew that some someone that the Lord had that ram, that sacrificial lamb prepared a body already prepared to to make that sacrifice even though he was going through the motions of d doing the law. Um, I'm also looking at, but going back to this, our conscience part being clear, that was the, the thing that was missing. That is how we uh, fell into the deception of the enemy because of our minds. The last thing for, was for us to transform our minds into this. It's like, um, well, I mean, just going back to it, we already have this innate thing where we have um, the will for power, right? So we, we already know that there's something there where we're establishing we have dominion here because we're made in his image. But the part that was missing was the how, you know, how are we doing this? Um, Otherwise, it was just self-serving and prideful and um, something that made us fall into even more sin <laughs> instead of walking with full power and authority through the Holy Spirit. That's something else that, that Christ had to come for. It was about the transformation of our mind. 
because our behavior is, was already there. Our instinct is to to be fruitful. That's what we do naturally. We even do that today. But it's about our minds being focused on on Christ and in the kingdom to come. Um, oh, and then he at the end just telling us to in thirty six to persevere. That's that word again. To mm-hmm. hold fast to our faith. We're actually about to walk into what that means, by the way. <laughs> chapter 11 is the right. big chapter. Um, I was going to say, Paul, the author <laughs> is about to reveal the resolution to all of our suffering. And it's as, it's as simple, but still complex for us. It's just about faith, persevering and understanding what God's promise is, the will of God in our lives, and just answering that call without delay. Like, there will be no delay that he is coming. And the righteous one will fulfill us. All we need to do is live by faith. You want to read 11? Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings and by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah was warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham When called to go to the place, he would later receive his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because he considered him faithful. He, Because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and countless as the sands in the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. 
admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on the earth, people who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they have not had not been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God even could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. But by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons, Joseph's, Joseph's sons, and worshiped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for, for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regard, regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea on the dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms and ministered justice and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, who became powerful in battle routed and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be, be released so that they might gain in an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonments. They were put to death by stoning. 
they were sawed into two. They were killed by the sword. They went into sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, uh, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wander in deserts and mountains, living in caves, in holes, and in the ground. Those were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Ooh, the end of that chapter. All right. No, um, that's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. Chapter 11. And they this didn't is, even receive a... the promise. Okay. Just, they was believing it. This is this before is the <laughs> Right. This is before. <laughs> they didn't see it. Shush. I mean, that's some that's real faith though. So it doesn't mean, you know, and that's and while I was reading this, it came to mind, you know, how people can say that maybe you didn't have faith enough if you don't, if something that you're believing for has not happened, you know. Speak on it. <laughs> Speak on it. That's what I'm saying. What that has you see, it, it even though those things had not happened, believing, believing in the power of God, believing that there is a God, believing that Christ died for our sin, believing that that the Lord raises from the dead, believing that He saves you from your enemies, does not mean you have lack of faith. <laughs> you know. And Not even enough. if you're consumed by your enemies, even if you have, you're consumed, I feel that's when David worshipped the most. Like yes. right in that, he was surrounded, to you. surrounded by his enemies. That's when but. he was in the like the deepest prayer mode <laughs> and humility, and in his faith mode. Like it was just there. Um. And what you just said, like Abraham, not even he was blessed by this word. We talked about that when we were going over Mekizodek and what happened in that in encounter mm -hmm. when he was being blessed in that moment and being promised of many generations in the promised land. He didn't get to see that his entire life was just walking in that promise and that Amen. word because he had judged God and he knew that he was true and he had never failed him so far. So he was already, he was just like, I know, I know God, because of what you've been doing in my life. I know who you are and I understand the promise and I'm going to walk in that. He didn't get to see it at all, <laughs> but he believed it so much. He was obedient. And because um, of his faith, his son, his children were able to pass down that belief. And from generation to generation, they all continued to believe as it manifested it doesn't you don't have to be there to see the manifestation because what is already is even though if you're not physically existing in the time in which god manifests what he says god exists there <laughs> he's he exists there 
he's the beginning and the end. He exists there. And you exist with him. <laughs> you are existing with him, even if you don't see it in your with your natural eyes. Because even if you leave this world and you just become only spirit, you'll still be present to see it. And, I mean, it's amazing. It's like we don't even, like, all you have to do is just say, you know, it's already done. That's it. Because it's just done. I have forgot I had put this up here because this is uh, Greek terminology. Um, upothesis. Upothesis. It is assurance, confidence, substance, reality. Those are actually the different translations version because King James actually says substance. And then the CSB says reality. <clears throat> and I believe in this version, what is it? It say? says confidence. Confidence. Faith is confidence. Yeah. 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 So we're looking at those terms right now. Even and, and the assurance of what we do not see in King James has said evidence of what you don't see. Right. So, and, and which is very um, contradictory. The evidence has to be seen, <laughs> but it's the it's evidence. And elenkos, which is conviction and evidence. Um, pointing this out, though, <clears throat> just because I like Greek terminology, um, but also because this is the very definition of faith that 11 is actually defining for us so that we're not confused. This is not something that we're just in thought of and we don't we won't have evidence of. It begins with the judgment, the judging of, and the the um, the trying, the reasoning. Yes, let's call it that. It begins with a reasoning, but it's completed out through an action, a behavior of obedience. That's what real faith is. Oh, taste and see. <laughs> right, it is good. It, right, I mean, you you are literally testing. You're trying God. Yeah, and when it when by his evidence, word. yes, yeah. when the evidence is revealed and manifested that he is true, this is this is the beginning of your relationship, and this is how you define his existence. It is true because his word is true. That's right. And every time you test it, it's true. Yeah. So the evidence is just truth. The, the evidence of it is in the experience, right? Yes. We are experiencing the reality of our hope being revealed to us. That's what's truly happening in those moments. But it actually goes into even explaining faith first with God. God himself had faith in his creation. With his faith, we understand that the universe was formed through a reasoning of thought, we are a part of God's wildest imagination and his dreams manifested. We are the evidence of his faith. And that's why, um, the reason why I know that it is part of a reasoning process is that that's what it says. As faith, he um, would go and 
what was what was a part of it. He judged the situation, even with him moving in accordance to obedience of killing his son, like going to sacrifice him. He didn't kill him. Ultimately, he didn't. But <clears throat> he had judged God for who he was in that hour. He knew that uh, he had already promised him a son. And that's what he had. And generations, by the way, <laughs> generations of uh, a people that would serve God. So as he was walking towards, you know, the mount where he was going to sacrifice and being in obedience to God's word, what did he say to Isaac in that moment? He said, the Lord will provide. He didn't know how. He just knew he would. <laughs> he, he just knew he would. And that's why the opposite. that's what he does. Right. That's why the opposite of faith is not doubt. It's disobedience. It's just, it, that's what it is. Either because, we're being yeah. obedient to, to God's reasoning or we're being disobedient to our own reasoning, whatever y'all want to call it. But it's a disobedience because that if we don't have it, we're not completing out the action, the part of our faith that moves. Amen. What we talked about one other. I don't remember Amen. that. Amen. <laughs> That's the part that moves. Praise God. This is really such a huge track. I mean, they give examples for a reason. Um, you guys, if you don't know the stories of each of these individuals, please do go back into your book. This tapped on so many things um, back to, uh, well, this is still Genesis, back in Genesis, then even in Leviticus, um, moving forward into the Exodus. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. But all these stories of people who were just moving in operation of not no i mean they didn't see the moses didn't see the promised land shoot <laughs> he didn't even see it but he walked in accordance to what god had told him <clears throat> because he knew praise god praise his name moving on to 12 are we gonna mm -hmm. get through the book what time <laughs> Okay. Chapter 12, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that is that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Oh, that's good. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Mm. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you, and have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. That's hard. Your <laughs> hardship is discipline. God is treating you as his children for what children are not disciplined by their father. If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of spirits and live? 
They disciplined us for a little while <clears throat> as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at all at, at the time, <laughs> right? but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths to your, for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance right, inheritance rights as the oldest son. Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit his blessing, he was rejected. Even though he sought the blessing with tears, he could not change what he had done. You had not come to a mountain, you have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire, no darkness, gloom, and storm, or to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word would be spoken to them because they could not hear, could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns who warns us from heaven. At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptantly with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Um, here's this word again, perseverance. What are we persevering through? Amen. <laughs> this life, you know, um, the reality that we are weak without him, that race was marked for us through our choice, by the way, but although we had the choice and we made our choice, we were still predestined for his glory. That is encouraging. I don't know about y'all. <laughs> that means no matter what I'm going through, no matter what mountain is in front of me, I will get through it. 
because I have a promise and God is not a lie and it shall come to pass. It goes into God and how he disciplines us. I think we've been on that <laughs> on the other side of this. Uh, just talking about, I, I want us to grab hold of that too, because that's what our faith does too. It allows us to walk into the newness of knowledge. Mm. It's not losses, it's lessons always. And if we are reluctant to um, to see that, then we're really bound by our mistakes for sure. Like if we're afraid to move forward, I think the reason why we're so fa uh, fearful of moving into even um, relationships with people because we've been hurt by others is because we have lost faith in true love. Yeah, and, and misplaced our faith. Misplaced it, exactly. And just completely misplaced it. So when you misplace it in something that is not true, because we place if our faith in God, we've judged and tested because every time he's true. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then we put our faith somewhere else and on any man, any human, right. they sometimes they will fall short eventually. I mean, just eventually, even if they don't in some aspects for longer periods of time, eventually they fall short and then your faith is is wounded in a way your faith becomes you you don't know how to have total faith in god because now you have this this faith that has been uh what how you measure faith now is measured against your relationships outside of your relationship with god and so mm -hmm. now it's in unfathomable we can't right. fathom the level of faith that you can have in God mm. because he never fails. He always provides, mm. never fails, always is true. So you don't understand it. And that's this is what happens when you meet. Like if you meet somebody, you get in a relationship with somebody who is not hurting you, you can't believe it. You can't because you done spent all this time misplacing faith. My part, yeah. <laughs> You spend all this time misplacing faith, and that's and we mimic that same thing in our relationship with God. Mm. Like we don't, we don't see, we can't fathom someone to always be true. Mm. And God never lies, and He is always true, and He will always be there, and He will always come through. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really brought that up because I I want to address this you know whole movement of no new friends and you know people just focus on hustling making money and and what else <laughs> making money and just living their best life and it's like how can you without relationships and I'm talking about all of them by the way uh, guys <laughs> I'm talking about all of them. We are making a conscious decision to remain in ignorance. The same deception that Adam and Eve fell in is the same one. Our awareness of what God has really built with us. 
there is no way that we should be walking around feeling like we're the only ones on this planet lonely and there's a billion people there is no way the devil is a lie like that's what i see every single day and when i'm you know looking at some of these memes and some of these posts and it's, it's so very um i, I want to it's not discouraging for me it's like god please reveal yourself to them and understand that just because they went through that doesn't mean they give up. It was about coming into the awareness now of who you are, who you've always been, who we are, like we've been on, knowing your worth, knowing the value of that, understanding that um, our, our walk in the kingdom also means loving one another. Amen. This is not just about our relationship with God. We're seeing how our relationship with God connects us to the family, all of his kingdom, all of his kingdom. And that's another part of faith that we have to walk in obedience to. Forgiveness, which we have been on, <laughs> forgiveness and love. The real kind, y'all. <laughs> We're learning that. We're learning every <laughs> time, every time. Placing we're it on the altar. Learning it. Right. Laying it out there. Right. Be open to the experience of who God is. We are listening, God. We're listening, God. We can't do this last one. I'm sorry. Maybe we can. Three minutes. <laughs> it's only one more chapter. <laughs> I know. We might as well. I don't want to save this for next week. <laughs> and it's short. It's short. It's short. Is it? It's 20 something. <laughs> sure. You're going to read it. <laughs> Chapter 13. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by so doing, some people have shown hospitalities to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid, but what can mere mortals do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by eating ceremonial foods, which is of no benefit to those who do so, who have an altar from, we have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. The high priest carries the blood of the animals into the most holy place as a sin offering, but the bodies are burned outside the camp. And so Jesus has suffered outside the city gate. <clears throat> to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. For he 
For here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name, and and do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that for that would be of no benefit to you. Pray for us. We are sure that we have clear conscience and desire to live honorably in every way. I particularly urge you to pray so that I may be restored to you soon. Now, may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I urge you to bear with my word of exhortation, for in fact, I have written to be quite briefly. I want to know that our brother Timothy has been released. He has arrived soon. I will come with him to see you. Greet all your leaders and all the Lord's people. Those from Italy send you their greetings. Grace be with you all. This was the yes. final exhortation, the concluding exhortations. This this book was an exhortation or uh, really a sermon. Um. But and the benediction, amen. Did you hear that? Amen. <laughs> At the end, um, no, we went right into it. Just the let brotherly love continue, letting love continue, y'all. I can't tell you how important that is. If we close ourselves off to the reality of what relationships do for us, we're missing out on uh, a divine message that we could be receiving, God sends people. The enemy sends people as well. <laughs> but that's what we are learning to do as God's people, discern that. So as you go through um, life, as you're going through uh, persecuting moments or chastening moments, as the word says, our disciplining moments, that's what we are coming into the knowledge of our discernment of spiritual things and understanding that God still sends people for you. There are people that will send you into the season that you're waiting on, walking in. You've been waiting on his promise and it's through people. So you can't close yourself off from everything and just, you know, put your head down and, and tunnel vision. I can't, I can't be distracted. It's like, when you have faith and you understand God's will and you're walking in that, you understand what's a distraction in that. So much is in relationships. We're not just talking about love. Relationships open our eyes. Actually, it, it brings us closer to God. <laughs> it, it truly does. God is not, he's very simple. <laughs> but complex. <laughs> um, the simplicity of him is that um, each and every one of us have our unique design, right? Our unique makeup. 
our individual makeup, but we're all a part of his image. And so even when we come together like this, so we come together in a study, we get so many different you know, ways that people have been touched by the word and, and express it and define it in different ways. But that's why we need each other because we all have a different sight, a different angle of what God is looking at. And yeah. so, right. And so to have those relationships give us more insight. That's what really God is doing. We're already in his image, walking in the image of him, but we need our vision back. That's what the enemy is taking. Because if he can take that, the body will follow. We'll be destroyed if our vision and our minds is not on him. Amen. And have his sight on the things that we are in in this life. But that's what relationships do for us. I know. I know. <laughs> so we are finished, guys. I, the book of Hebrews uh, is a Bible study in itself, literally. Um, we could go back over this and and just go through all the Old Testament stories and do it. Yes. Um, not on here, not on this platform, um, but just letting y'all know, like, do go back for yourselves. Um, I actually feel like I'm going to post all the scriptural references so that you'll know what to go back to. But honestly, it literally maps out the entire story of the Bible. You get to see. Because I'm trying to figure out the audience of this book. Because you, you hear the tone yeah. and all of the references that are made. The audience is not just a general population like it's not. how jesus would go and he because you would be they would be saying parables okay so they're not saying parables they're making references to scripture references to prophecies and references and citing things and so this must be an audience of leadership because that's what i'm uh, i'm kind of discerning and and just listening to the, the book of Hebrews. So maybe it's, it's some sort of conference of the in the area of leaders, church leaders, ministerial, uh, some apostles maybe, or some. Well, they were the first. They would yeah. be the ones that lead the whole, well, I'm going to call it a movement. I don't feel like it's a movement. <laughs> the movement of Christian Christianity. So they are right. leading the faith right now. These so are the new at believers. Some point they've been following, right? Because he said about your experiences. You remember when you first came to first came to the faith and experiencing these specific things, and then he's going. He's taking it to another level, helping you understand. As I said, you can just meet somebody just now and then talk to them about. Christ, and now all of a sudden you're trying to get them to to reference and do a compare and contrast to Law of Moses, like so. These people are advanced because this is not milk. <laughs> this is not milk. Oh, I mean, he said it right. Yeah, he, he said, said it was six. Six potatoes. He said it in chapter was six. Not, Whoever this was said, said it in chapter exactly. six. Kind of almost felt like a diss. Um, he's like, right, I'm he not going to break it down already. for you. Yes. Yeah, he, he basically said, I'm not going to break it down. 
right? <laughs> no, he was talking to a people that knew um, you know, <clears throat> and just needed to be reminded. Right. So, I, I mean, yes, this is not for the new believer. But like I was saying in the first one, when we first started the book of Hebrews, it doesn't mean that a new believer cannot read it. Right. You yeah, just have to really... You just have to really start going back into your word <laughs> if you want to get up to that level. But praise God. Um, Amen. I will provide the references all throughout. It's mostly Psalms, I'm going to be honest with you. But yeah, it's a lot of references. But praise God. All hearts and minds are clear. Everybody focus on faith. And praise God for you all. Pray that you are blessed by the word. Um, if you want to get more into Hebrews, like y'all can DM me or something. We'll just make an arrangement. But we will see you guys next week. Y'all have a blessed evening. Good night. Good night. Amen.